Yo, this is Teresa Weatherspoon, better known as Teaspoon, and you're watching Real Fans, Real Talk. Live from the camp. Uh-huh. This is Real Fans, Real Talk. Real Fans, Real Talk. We as real as you thought. Real Fans. What's really good, and welcome back to another collaboration episode of The Sanchez Show, along with Real Fans, Real Talk. As always, I'm your host, Eric Sanchez, and I got my homie, Trip Young, with me. But since we're into the conference finals of the NBA playoffs, we felt like it was time to get a little different. Right, Trip? It felt like we needed to get a little different, right? We did. Sometimes so, you got to get different. Who, who better to bring on the show than legendary Rucker Park MC, Mike Lowry. It gets different when he's on. Mike, how you doing, bro? And also, happy Father's Day. Word. Appreciate it. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to y'all as well. Uh, man, it's a pleasure to have me. Thanks for having me once again. Uh, I'm just happy to be amongst the land of the living with all that's going on. Um, you know how that get, but uh, thanks once again. Uh, you know, we here, man. It get different when I'm on. You know the vibes. I'm your man from across the bridge. The hip-hop got started from the boogie down Bronx to y'all. They call me y'all shooting Mike Larry, and it get different when I'm on. <laughs> yeah, I love it, baby. Fresh love out the it. Rucker, too. Yeah, yeah, big shout out to Rucker. Every, you yeah, know what the Rucker Park summer. energy already. We feel it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just got out. Just left the park, man. Normally, I do this in my crib, have a nice little setup. I'm like, I gotta do this on the road today, so let's get it, man. Let's get it. Oh man, definitely welcome back. Um, I, I, I ran, I ran into you know for the for the for the fo folks at home. I stopped by the Rucker on uh, Wednesday for Graf versus uh, Benny the Butcher, and, and you know I was already expecting you to be be on the microphone calling that game. So when I saw you, I was like, yeah, the energy is here. The energy is on the court right now. We, we about to go in. And uh, it definitely was a nice little spark off to the summer because, you know, last last summer we didn't get to be outside for none of the – we didn't get to go to Rucker, Dykeman, Tri-State, yeah. uh, Hoops in the yeah. Sun, nothing. So it was good to be yeah. back. Absolutely, absolutely. You know what I mean? Um, the, the, the pandemic did us filthy, but um, I think it was a blessing in disguise. It gave everybody a much-needed vacation, a much-needed break, a much-needed regroup. Um, I started a lot of different things like um, – Finally got my LLC to my bet, my brand, Mike Larry Entertainment, um, copywriting and all that other stuff. So, um, got, shout out to the, you know, I mean, the pandemic. Even though it was a bad one, it was a blessing in disguise because it took opportunity for me to get things situated, not just for me, but for my family in the long run. Like, you know, I'm setting this up for my kids, for like that they can take it and run with it. So, um, you know, it's good to be back outside, though. It's definitely good to be back outside. No, that's, that's, that's absolutely. How, how's the energy in the park, Mike? Because, like you said, every everybody had that kind of year off to sit back. Now everybody's excited to get back. We're getting back to normal, see people in the park. So what's that energy like back in Rucker for the people that have never been there before? Um, it's different. It's different, but it's it, it feels like 96. <laughs> you know, like we got the crowd back, you know what I mean? Slowly but surely, every day we get in some type of momentum. You know what I mean? And and uh, we still got the family-oriented, you know what I mean, atmosphere. And we still got the after-work vibe and happy hour. Like you want to come and you want to just chill sit back and relax and enjoy the game and sip on your sippy cup, then so be it. You know what I'm saying? We, we got that we got that vibe back. So, you know, I'm, I'm happy that we're able to get that vibe back because it's been a long time coming, you know? One, one thing I will say is um, being out there on Wednesday is that the, the, the good folk of New York City are definitely – uh, welcoming those changes that were made to you know for for all the the four twenty people <laughs> out there, I will say that I will say they are not wasting any time uh, with I'm that sure. one. 
<laughs> but good times, good times, good times. I'm just happy to see everything is back. Um, I saw mm-hmm. on uh, Instagram, and I don't know where you're going to be at this summer because I know you usually bounce around, um, but Hoops in the Sun and Dykeman are supposed to open up on July 4th weekend, so they'll be back then. Um, I, I haven't seen uh, Tri-State or Gersh yet, um, but where are you going to be mostly during the summer? I'm only two places this year. I'm at Rucker, um, 155 Entertainers, Rucker Park, and I'm at um, LES Express. Uh, I'll be making appearances at uh, Hoops in the Sun. Um, I'll be making appearances at Basketball Beauty. Um, but real, real, for the most part, I'm at Rucker Park. I'm at LES Express occasionally. Um, but I'm at Rucker Park, and LES Express is my main two. Um, and then, of course, I do my, my outside ventures. I, I'll be in um, Jersey with Tim Thomas. Um, I may be going out to Costa Rica um, with a with a couple other stuff in, in place. So, you know, stuff like that. I don't speak no Spanish. I don't know how I'm going to figure it out. But, you know what I mean? If they fly me out there, I'll be there. You got to get get, uh, get Eric to, to roll what you were saying on the trip. The translate. Translator. <laughs> Mike, I might. Send, send me the itinerary, Mike. I might have to book a flight and just go out there as a translator for you, man. <laughs> no, listen, I'll take it, man. For real, for real. So, some things we're working on, man. But, yeah, LES Express and, and Rucker Park. Not my main two. My main one is Rucker Park, of course, because that's Monday through Thursday. LES Express runs Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Um, I'll be figuring it out which days I'm going to do, um, but I'll be making some appearances out there and appearances here and there. Can you- that's what it is, Mike. And, and I'm so happy for you, man. Um, you know, you've been a great friend and supporter of the show. And like you said, I see you bouncing around. You're doing different things. I know you were in VA a few a few months ago, I believe, yes. right? Like right at the beginning of the springtime. Yes. So is that something else you're going to be doing a little bit more? You're going to be doing a little more state-to-state stuff? Yeah, I'm working on doing state to state. Um, big shout out to my man Eugene Wiley, who has the um brand Peace and Love Community, and he goes from state to state and doing community basketball games. He do um high school girls, high school boys, and men's unlimited. Um, next stop is North Carolina. We're working on that one. Um, every year we do Virginia. Uh, last what two years ago we did Virginia for um one of the ladies out there. She was diagnosed with cancers, and God God bless, she had beat it. So we did a cancer awareness um basketball game for her, and she beat it. Uh, and thank God for that. So we're working on now, we're working on uh, North Carolina, Raleigh, North Carolina, and then we're going to go state to state. So I'm, I'm locked in with that as well. So, yeah, we're working on some things. Any contributors, anybody want to be a part of that, let me know. We'll make it happen. That's what's up. We definitely want to speak about that um, yeah. and, and see, see, see what we can do, do as well. Um, let's, let's, let's jump into a little bit of this uh, NBA playoff stuff because a lot went down in the past two days, uh, a couple of game sevens. Uh, you know, I, I guess we, I guess we got to start with the with, with with Brooklyn since we're in in New York. Uh, game seven, Kevin Durant played his heart out, but a, but a, but 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 a big toe on the three point line kind of cost them mm-hmm. the, the 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 series. Um, it, it's rough though, man. Yeah, it, it is rough, man. Once again, big shout out to both teams that participated. Um, Milwaukee Bucks who survived and um. And the Brooklyn Nets, uh, I don't think the big toe lost in the game. Um, I think that one timeout that they didn't call lost in the game. Um, you have to give my man Kevin Durant, who logged in 48-plus minutes, you got to give him 30 seconds to 60 seconds to catch his breath because all he needed was a 40-second 40, 40 break to rejuvenate, to give him an oomph to get him over the, 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 the top. But that's a rookie coach mistake, you can tell. Um, Steve Nash is trying to take that that, that – uh, Time out with them for next season, and unfortunately, you can't take it over. So, um, I don't think that the big toe lost in the game. I think that timeout, I'm um, lost in the game. But uh, 
he played hard. Kevin Durant is going to be Kevin Durant. He's going to show up every time. You understand? Um, he needed a little bit of help. Big shout out to to James Harden who did what he had to do with a with a with a uh, a labrum hamstring. You feel what I'm saying that's difficult. I um I pulled my hamstring some years ago when I was playing basketball, and it still bothers me every once in a while. So I can only imagine someone who does it for a living. You understand? So um, but yeah, man, they they played that hard out, man. I really wish that they would have went on. Uh, I'm not mad that they didn't go on because I think it gives them it gives Coach Steve Nash a learning experience. I don't like nobody coming off the coming into this with no experience and win it all because then you never had no humble experience. I like you to take the bumps in the road. So like that, when you win, now it's like you know he earned that. You understand? So uh, um, big shout out to KD. You know what I mean? I know he signed up to play for 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 Team USA. Um, but before you make that stop, make sure you stop that 55th one more time. KD, stop playing. That'll be a good look for the summer. Oh, that's a fact. Absolutely. Yeah. Not, that's a fact. And, and Mike, I'm, I'm so happy you mentioned that because that's one of the biggest things I've been saying in, in terms of Steve Nash and his inexperience as a head coach. Because this time of year, coaching matters. You've got to understand how to handle your rotations. And when you look at the minutes KD played from game five, game six, game seven, he was damn near on the court all game, no breaks. And I think the utilization of the timeouts could have been big. I also mm-hmm. think there were moments where, especially in game seven, where they could have gone to hack a Giannis to slow down the game and kind of get in-game stops and breaks there so that KD could breathe. Because when you look at their five, KD, Harden, Bruce Brown never came off the court. All three of those guys played the whole game seven. And then um, Joe Harris and, and Blake Griffin both played 48 minutes. So the whole starting five needed some some breather. And Nash, again, got caught up in a moment and just didn't know how to utilize his, his timeouts or even use some sort of break within the game to allow these guys to get a breather. I never even thought about that. The, the Yaka Giannis. That, that, the, the Yaka Giannis. That was, that was, you know what I mean? That's a real good strategy. But, you know, you 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 the guru, man. I call you the, the, the basketball, the sports guru. You know what I mean? You know baseball, football. This man know everything. Man. I'll be watching your show sometimes. I'll be tripped out. Be like, how, 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 how is... He doing this thing, babe. Like, you know, that's a good strategy. But like you said, the inexperience of 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 Steve Nash, you understand? But it's a good learning experience. It's a good one. You understand? I think he's gonna learn more. Um sucks at the injury bug, plagued him at the wrong moment. Um it really sucks that the injury bug plagued him at the wrong moment. And and I wish them nothing but 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 the best in the near future. So I'm 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 a comment on those two things that y'all said, Eric. You you've been tough on Steve Nash all season, and and it, you was definitely right about it. Um, but if if we're gonna talk about the coaching, then we gotta hold two people accountable for that. One is Kevin Durant, because you picked an inexperienced guy that you that that you was cool with. That was your boy. You want him to come in, and and now you know what I'm saying it didn't work out as you as you thought it would. You know what I'm saying, and then like the, the, in those moments, those well, you could have been fouling Giannis, who who hasn't uh, stepped his free throw shooting game up during the during the playoffs, or you could have been mm-hmm. making different adjustments uh, d- during the game to help that timeout. Things, you know, there's a lot of different things that go alongside of that. And then Kyrie Irving, uh, we don't need a coach, right? Mm-hmm. Didn't, didn't he, he said they didn't need one. Well, what, what what happened? It looked like they needed a coach in in this series, and and they didn't have and they didn't have a coach. And then you know Steve Nash. Look, look who you brought in. You brought in Mike D'Antoni to be your assistant. I, I don't. Last time I checked, Mike D'Antoni ain't got no championship trophies in his career, unless he got them from Italy or something from back in the day. But I know he ain't got none from from the NBA. So, you know, I think you know decisions that 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 could have been made differently kind of affected uh, the the Nets. And then you know, and I, I posted a clip 
uh, right after they lost the game from when we had shout out to the Ballers Journal to uh, to to Aaron and, and Lawrence, and I was just saying I was worried that they were going to burn James Harden out um, because. It was pretty much James Harden during the regular season. We Durant had like mm-hmm. two months off with injury. Kyrie was taking days off whenever he wanted to. So James Harden, he was yeah, he was he was carrying the load, and that was and, and that's why there was even a discussion about Harden being the MVP because of how much he was doing for the Nets during the regular mm-hmm. season. And then sure enough, we get to round two, and he don't even make it a minute into the into the game, and he's hurt because mm-hmm. you don't burnt mm-hmm. him out. You know, much props to him though because. I respect the, the the fact that he came back and played because he shouldn't have even been playing uh, when he did. And even in Game 7, you know, I know he shot poorly, but the man almost had a triple-double on, on, on one and a half legs. You know what I mean? So, you know, I just want to give James Harden props because I, I usually – I get at James Harden in the playoffs with, you know, without a second thought just because I know he hasn't come to play. Once you get to the late in the second round, he 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 kind of withers away. So I get at him yeah. all the time. But I wanted to, I, I want to give James Harden his props though for coming back and, and doing what he could in this situation. Um, Joe Harris, you got to do better though, man. I'm sorry, you 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 gave us nothing in that entire yeah. series, nothing. Yeah. You got to yeah. do better. And it, and it's sad. Yeah. They, it's they sad. Don't have so many got a got a got a log that many minutes. But you called it like he got burnt out. That hamstring. Only way you really like pull a hamstring besides tweaking and turning is just overplaying the muscles. You overworking yourself. You know what I mean? And um and and because you that's that's the that's the downfall of getting a um a big three. You don't have no uh, you don't have nothing else. You don't have a bench. You don't have a a major this and major that. And that's what you that's what we seen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean. Playoff, playoff minutes are high intensity minutes, and so mm-hmm. remember he 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 had missed twenty games leading into the playoffs, so he didn't even get a chance to really get his conditioning right, and that's why you saw it happen so early. They gonna have a lot of tough decisions next year because Spencer Dinwiddie already said he's gonna opt out of his contract, um, and I think they gotta bring him back. They need that type of depth. They need that that additional ball handling scorer off the bench, and you're paying Joe Harris damn near fifteen million dollars a year. He gotta give mm-hmm. you more. He was supposed to be a sharpshooter from the corner. He never really showed up. Um, I give a lot of respect to James Harden to play the amount of minutes he played on one leg and he out there taking on the challenge of guarding Giannis without help. You know, we saw many a time where he's pushing off the help like, nah, I got it. Don't worry about it. You know, so he gave him everything he had. I think Blake gave him a lot, too. I was I was surprised how much Blake really gave him because when they picked him up, I didn't think he had this much left in the tank. But he was another guy who was taking on the challenge of playing Giannis one on one. They got to get healthy. They got to get they got to get a little more depth on their bench. Talent wise, we know they're great, but they gonna have some obstacles to overcome next year. Yeah, yeah, no, that, yeah, absolutely. There's n- nothing else you can say, man. Um, outside, mm-hmm. I mean, other than that, you know, they had a good good season. It was fun while it lasted, but you know, it, it really injuries just kicked their butts because Durant, Harden, you know, we can go, we can even go back. And they had LeBron Aldridge for about a week before he had he had to retire. You forget him, Lamarcus Aldridge would have been on this team too. That would have been somebody that in this situation could have really helped out because he's somebody that's been there before, been been in the playoffs year after year after year. So he would have been somebody that could have definitely helped. Jeff Green missed the first half of the series. He came back in at that one really good performance where he where he dropped the uh the twenty seven points. But, you know, after that we didn't we didn't see see him anymore. And then Kyrie goes down. You know, everybody just seemed to get hurt. Um, but you know what? I agree with you, with you, with you, with you, uh, Larry, because this is that humbling experience that they needed. Because we, Absolutely. we all crowned them. Oh, they, 
They they got Kyrie and KD is over, but then they brought in James Harden. That's really over. They oh they they got this. They got this. They got this, and they don't got this. You couldn't yeah. even you couldn't even get past past the Bucks in the, in the, in the second round. So clearly you didn't have it. Um, you know, and it, Kevin Durant was a was a, a was amazing, but at the same time, I'm just like you know what. If it came down to being one superstar versus one superstar, and you better than than Giannis, I think you should have still still got it done. You know, I, I can't I can't just let him off the hook, even though he played exceptionally well. But when we got these I other, that long it's, 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 it's like, I played that long before. Like I played hard and I had nothing left to give. Like I could only, I could only imagine. And then you know I'm playing in high school, college ball, and playing that much without the high tech, you know, they got IVs to help them out. They got certain, I'm drinking Gatorade and water trying to, I played that long and it takes a lot. So, yeah. you understand? Yeah. I do agree with you. He should have got it done. It could have been a better way to get it done. I don't even care if we would have drove the lane and went to the line. That's why, once again, that's why I'm a Michael Jordan fan because when Mike was tired, he driving the lane. You want to force him to call a foul, what yeah. you going to give me a layup? And KD was 0 for 6 in overtime. So, I got like, I got, yeah, I got, I got to talk I, I about that. Yeah, but it's not it's not a completely fair criticism, though, because, again, the amount of minutes that he's logging and again to Steve Nash and experience, he basically was giving KD the ball at the top of the key and saying bail us out. Every possession was KD with the ball at the top of the key, either having to get his own shot or get someone else's shot to to Giannis benefit. There were moments where Chris Middleton could get you possessions. There were moments where even though Drew Holiday didn't look good in game seven, Drew Holiday had about three straight possessions where he got them buckets where they didn't have to go to Giannis. So there was difference in, in, in the amount of help the two guys were getting. And again, Steve Nash didn't help him out because at least come up with a little bit of a strategy. At least give me moments where I can catch a breather on offense where I don't have the ball so much in my hands. I mean, listen, game five is one of the greatest playoff performances we've ever seen. It took every bit of the 49-point triple-double that KD had for them to yeah. win. If KD would have just had 40 points, they lose. They needed all 49. Yeah. And in Game 7, he gives them 48, and they lose in overtime again. If he just goes for 40, they lose. So mm-hmm. I think KD did everything he could. He just didn't have as much help. And that's not to say Coach Bud was great in this series. I don't think Coach Bud was great either. But there were moments where Middleton got him buckets, where Drew Holiday got him buckets, where even Brooke Lopez got him some buckets, and those are things that KD just wasn't getting from his teammates. No, he he did, but but so so here's here's, here's my thing, right? So we can't hold other superstars accountable when they got to do more to carry the load. But then when Kevin Durant has the issue, we're going to let him off the hook. I can't do that because we'll sit up here and, oh, LeBron didn't get the job done, but this guy wasn't there, this guy, this, this, and that. And we still going to give LeBron that flack, right? So KD. And, and we're talking about LeBron going up against a three-superstar team dealing with all these injuries. You went up against Giannis, who, who – one superstar versus one superstar, and you didn't get it done. Like I'm not, I'm not trying to hear that. Zero for six in, in in overtime. I'm sorry. The same way we hold other superstars accountable, we gonna hold you accountable too. You should have won that series. It shouldn't even got to seven games. I don't care if. But, if but think Kyrie about what you said. There. Think about what you said at the start of this segment, though. If 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 his shoe size was two inches smaller and they went on that three, we not even debating whether he could go one on one against. But that ain't happened, so we gotta we hold you said, accountable. Yo, <laughs> that did we, not happen. We would have been praised. Have like, yo, he gave yes, us another forty I, I, piece. I would, and I would have. If, if he, if he, if his foot was behind the line, I would have came on this show the same way, supporting my nets and been like, yeah, he did, he did what he was supposed to do in that situation. Whoa, whoa, whoa. But that Time didn't out. happen. Time out. He Time did say supporting his nets. He just said he said it. He said it. You heard that right, Mike? 
When did they become your Nets, Trip? That's a Brooklyn thing. Now they your Nets? They been, oh, now they your Nets? We hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, we're not, hold on, hold on. We're nah, not going to do that. We're nah, not going to do that. We're nah, not going to nah, do that. Nah. We're not going to do that. Because don't act, we're not going to sit up here and act like I have not said that I support the Nets because I'm from Brooklyn. We're not going to act like I You support them because they're from Brooklyn, yes. Yes. But hold on. I thought you were under contract with the Lakers. I am. But I still gonna support so how them. They it's Brooklyn. You can't say they your nets though. They because it's a Brooklyn thing. You don't understand that. You're not from Brooklyn. You can't. Oh, you, can't never, you can't understand that. Hold Brooklyn. on, hold on. That's like me saying I, I'm a I'm a lifelong Met fan. You know that. That's like me saying my Yankees when they get into the playoffs. You are gonna be like, hold on, bro. No, you no, can't no. be claiming it's, them now. It's different because you Just got you got issues with the Yankees. I don't have issues with the Nets. <laughs> Let me say this. Here's a situation, Rob, and I agree with you. We're not going to take. We're not going to put. Or, or put Kevin Durant off the hook or let him off the hook, right? Um, to put, and I'm talking about LeBron and KD, they're in the same caliber of superstar, right? All-star, um, the same caliber. My thing is, Kevin Durant played all 50-something minutes. Meanwhile, you got LeBron over here talking about sub me out. You no sub out. It's, you you either going to play or you or you not. You understand? So that's Are we talking my, about 37-year-old LeBron or are we talking about 32-year-old LeBron says sub out? Because I don't believe when, when LeBron was KD's age, he wasn't talking about no sub out. But I'm but I'm saying you gotta look at the caliber of the team. They don't when they mention LeBron and KD, don't nobody ever mention age. They mention the talent that's on the floor. You feel what I'm saying? You we 37 LeBron, listen, I get it. You 37. Will Kevin Durant even be around with all the injuries he's accumulating at 37? And playing on, on well, that and level? I was gonna say this to Mike. I was gonna say this to Mike's point though, right? Sorry, if you want to throw age into it, then we got to take into account that this is KD's first season back from an Achilles injury. So most guys coming back from an Achilles ain't trying to play 50, 50 plus minutes. They not even playing forty minutes. Then that's why you should call so up LeBron and find out who too. he's paying that million and a half to every year to get his body right to then make him last to thirty seven to where he could say, "Yo, take me out for a second at thirty seven. Nah, you don't get out the game. I don't pay you to get out the game, LeBron. I need you right now. You feel what I'm saying? We try. First of all, y'all in the seventh series. Y'all, you was a man that that praised the playing game, and the same man that praised the playing game is now criticizing the playing game. You won that game because you seen three rims because you got poked in the eye. He's a, he's just traumatic for me. You seen three rims. You got poked in the eye. You won the game because you shot the middle rim. Congratulations. Now you talking about take me out the game because I'm tired or I got a lot. Meanwhile, KD, you see the tiredness, but he's like, I'm not. None of us as sports players was taught to tell our coach to take us out the game. We were always taught to stick it out. So when LeBron didn't, and I'm a LeBron fan when it comes to what he, I really don't care for his skill of the game. I respect him because he do a lot. You know what I mean? But I respect the fact that he does a lot on the floor. But that right there at 37, you just seen for the time catch up. You feel what I'm saying? Well, but he's also, playing, also injured too. Absolutely. So it's it's not like we we, it wasn't like he didn't have an injury this season. He came in, was good to go, and then and then calling you know he needed a second off the court. He's playing injured. Yeah, but listen, that helped too with with KCP. KCP showed up every night. You know what I mean? He got hurt and missed uh, and missed like two games too, though. I agree. You know what I'm saying? But I'm talking about when it counted when he was in the game that day when he came back. He, he he showed up. You feel what I'm saying? All I'm saying is he that he tried, but I'm, I'm I'm ready to get rid of him too, though. I'm I'm ready for him to go too. <laughs> I mean, you ready to get everybody? I'll say this. I'm ready to get him up out of there. Trip trip trading everybody except the two main guys. He getting everybody else up out of there. <laughs> exactly. He treated like he treated like a two K all season. I'll tell you one, one thing. Is gone. <laughs> the best thing that ever happened to the Lakers was was Schroeder thinking he was going to bet on himself and get a higher payday and mess himself up because now you ain't even going to get the 88 million they was offering your ass. 
not a chance. I, and, and we're going to use this to, to, to segue to the next uh, game seven. But it's one thing. And, and I, I didn't criticize LeBron the way they lost because I thought LeBron left it all on the floor. The same thing with KD. And not you personally, Eric. You know, when I say that, I mean the media. I know. I know. Yeah, there's certain. But we know those are certain talking heads who want to generate a headline or, or grab your attention for clickbait. Yeah. And they'll say things like that. But if you watch the game and obviously all three of us watch the games. We knew LeBron gave everything he could at that moment. Yeah. Right. The same thing with KD. Like when KD airballs that three at the end of the game, we knew he ain't got no legs, bro. The dude been on the court so yeah. long. He he he's giving you everything he got. It's the last nothing three games, left he in the tank. The whole game. Now, there's a certain there's a certain, and we're gonna use this to segue. There's a certain six ten point guard who I don't believe left everything on the court. I don't believe he left everything on the let's, court. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. So let's get to it. I can't wait to talk about this one right here. There's no way you 6'10". <laughs> big Ben. Big Ben. Big Ben. Big Ben. Big Ben. So here's the deal, man. I was I was at Rucker today. I'm calling the game. And there was a kid, right, who went, had an open layup and passed it. And I said, hey, yo, Ben Simmons, did you not see the basket? And, and, and I had to let him know. And I went right to his coach. I'm like, what are you teaching him in practice? Because there's no way. I remember my coach. My coach said you get to the rim, either you dunk it or you let him get, get a bucket. Yeah. You understand? And, and, and because you were scared to shoot the ball, you understand? Like, Benson, I've been saying this since he came out of college. If you don't shoot the ball, your career is going to be short in the NBA. I think about Darnell, uh, Darnell Marshall. Play yeah. for the, the 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 and James Jones, those type of guys, wasn't athletic, but they had long careers because they could shoot the ball. Yeah, you shoot, you got, you're a point guard. You gotta shoot. Like I look at, you know, who, who remind me of like Rondo. Rondo wasn't a knockdown shooter, but Rondo was aggressive every time, and he wasn't afraid of the moment. He wasn't afraid, he wasn't to, afraid shoot. to shoot the ball, and that's all I ask. You understand? But you, you can't shoot the ball. He's frustrated. It he, 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 frustrates me if I'm gonna be a lefty and me be a lefty. I'd be frustrated like. Oh man, you're doing us filthy right now. <laughs> you gotta shoot the ball. And he didn't leave. I don't think he left everything on the court. And it's sad as you being one of the top tier superstars in the league, you understand, or all stars in the league, you understand, for your coach to have to take you out the game during crunch time. I used to hate when my coach take me out the game. I'm like, coach, what did I do something wrong? What happened? Now I put him back in the game. I met one time me and my high school coach got into an argument. You feel what I'm saying? Because he had took me out the game. I'm like, yo, I'm shooting 90% from the free throw line. Either they're gonna give me a layup or they're gonna they gonna foul me. He was like, you know what, you're right. Get back in the game. What are you taking me out for? You know what I mean? Well, you got four fouls. I don't care. Put me in the game. You understand? And and that's the stuff that bothers me about Ben Simmons. The kid, I think, has a great upside. But when is that upside going? When are you going to reach a ceiling? When are you going to reach his mark? That's yeah. that. It frustrated me to watch that game, man. To, to watch the series as a whole, really. Um, you know, and, and, and I get, you know, I'm, I'm not even a person where it's like, oh, Ben Simmons, he, cause first he don't shoot the three, he won't do this. Listen, I don't, I don't care how you score your points. I'm not one of these people that says you need to work on, worry about your three or the, the jump shot. I don't care if you go to the basket 40 times a game and you get all layups and dunks as long as you score. There's no reason that Ben Simmons should not, should have averaged nine points a game in this series and you're 6'10. 
and you can handle the ball like you can. You you can you can get to the basket like a Giannis, like a LeBron. If anytime you choose to, there's pretty much a mis, mismatch on you every time you have the basketball, and he just would not shoot it. And I'm just hoping. I'm like, alright, it's game six. He's gonna step up. I'm like, all right, he ain't step up in game six, but but game seven, he gonna come to play because that's it. It's one to go home, and he didn't come up. But that when when he had that, that a wide open lane to dunk the basketball and didn't, I said, you know what, I give up. That's it. So it, it, I, I don't know, I don't know what what can we do. You know, much respect for making the all all defensive team, and that's great. But th- that's not what what your team needed right now because it wasn't even like I mean. Trey Young was still out there doing whatever he wanted to do anyway. So at that point, it's just like I don't even know what to say to Ben Simmons. Like it's this is it's not the team for Ben Simmons. I don't think that they can win with with Joel and Beat and Ben Simmons together. One of those guys has to go. Um, you know, it got to be somebody that's that's not afraid to shoot because they need some more more shooters out there. That's what they needed. They needed some scoring, and they could they didn't get that from from the point guard position. Absolutely, and and. I want to I want to give y'all a couple couple numbers that highlight both the points y'all made, right? So Ben Simmons is a three-time All-Star. In game five, six, and seven combined, he shot the ball fourteen times. Three games, I kid you not. Three games with your season on the line. Remember, they were tied two-two after the four after four games. You shot the ball fourteen times total. Yeah. Also, Ben Simmons. Just shot 33% from the free throw line for the entire playoffs. It's the lowest in NBA history. The lowest in NBA history. 33% from the free throw line. Right? Yeah. It's it's terrible. It's terrible. And one last point I want to make, because Tripp and I, on live TV, we had this debate when he won the rookie of the year. I was steadfast that Donovan Mitchell should have won it. I thought that Ben Simmons had an unfair advantage because he got to redshirt that first year before actually playing. He got to travel with the team. He got to kind of learn what the NBA life was like before hitting the court. Donovan Mitchell didn't have that advantage. Donovan Mitchell had to jump right in. Oh, by the way, Gordon Hayward had just left Utah. So Donovan Mitchell jumped right into being the main player on the Utah Jazz and put up better numbers, I felt, than Ben Simmons. But my point being to that that discussion that Tripp and I had was that Ben Simmons had that whole year off from coming in from LSU to actually playing his first year in the NBA and didn't practice his jump shooting at all. And that, to me... That let me know everything I needed to know because you already been around the pro game for a whole year. And not one time did you think, yo, let me work on my game. Let me let me get a little mid range shot. Let me get a little corner three to make you respect it. As as much as we may criticize what Giannis does shooting the ball, Giannis will at least shoot two to three threes a game to force you to respect it. Yeah, You know what I'm saying? It may not look pretty. It, it may not go in most of the time, but he's going to at least say, look, you're going to respect the shot. And to your point, Mike, Rondo's the same way. Rondo has never been a knockdown three-point shooter. But if Rondo sees that you're disrespecting it off the pick and roll, I'm shooting this. I'm going I'm to make you respect my game. Yeah. Ben Simmons, I don't know if it's just mental. I don't know if it's, it requires a change of scenery. But to me, he might be damaged goods at this point. The skills are there. Don't get me wrong. The skills are there. But... When he sat there after the game yesterday and said, it's me, I got to get my mental right, that to me is like, bro, hold on, that's a red flag. I don't want to hear that at this point. That's a excuse. And I think it's very unfortunate because when they hired Doc Rivers, I was really high on this team. I thought this was a team that could compete with the Nets. I thought that that's what they needed. I thought Brent Brown, the former coach, wasn't the right guy for Embiid and Simmons. Doc Rivers – I, I think you could see what he did for Embiid because Embiid this year came in in shape 
and was an MVP candidate. And Embiid did everything he could. On one leg, he out there averaging 30-plus points a game in the second round of the playoffs with a torn meniscus. If you're paying Ben Simmons to be your second best player, he got to play like your second best player. I don't care if you go five for 20 shooting a ball, shoot the damn ball, play aggressive and stay aggressive the whole game. And the last number I'm going to give you all is to the Sixers and why this all fell apart. The Sixers got three guys on their team that were all NBA defense. And yet four times in the series, they had a lead of at least 18 points. Two times they blew that lead. So there's, there's issues on this team that need to be addressed in this offseason, not just Ben, but in general. Something ain't right with this team, and I don't know if they're ever going to reach their potential until they fully address it. There's the other part yeah. to that, to that, Eric, and, and that's why I can't, I can't just let Doc Rivers completely off the hook because Ben Simmons wasn't even taking the basketball. Like, there was times where he'd get rid of the ball before he even hit the half-court line during this series. So it's like, so if I'm Doc Rivers... I, like I'm driving it in your head, and if you're not gonna do it, then I gotta bench you because it's the playoffs, and ain't no more, ain't no do-overs, no second chances. I want the ball in Ben Simmons' hands every time up the court. Go to the basket, just keep driving in, driving in. Somebody's gonna be wide open, or you're gonna make a layup. You're six ten. You're gonna dunk the basketball. You're six ten. He 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 has a good enough handle. He can he can run the floor, but he just was not. Tra- he wasn't even trying to take the ball, let alone shoot shoot the, the basketball. He didn't even want it. Joe L. B. It was one play. Joe L. B. ran the floor, ran all the way down, got to the basket, I'm, and I'm just like, no, he doesn't even want to touch the ball. He's giving it up to Seth Curry. And that's that's cool. But no, you have to have. You're the point guard on this team. You need to be running the show, and he wasn't doing that. And that I have to put on Doc Rivers' shoulders because if you're not gonna have the ball in your hand, I'm, I'm sorry, I gotta bench you. It ain't like you helping us out offensively anyway. And defensively, you know, we we, we got another guy that's on the all all defensive team that can guard the perimeter if if that's if that if, if need be. Um, so I gotta I gotta hold Doc Rivers a little bit accountable too. That's a great point because. It's it's an excellent point because if you look at the way they closed out Game Six, they closed it out with Maxi. They they let Tyrese Maxi run the point because he was aggressive in Game Six and said, "Look, if Ben ain't gonna shoot, go ahead." And then in Game Seven, I think I, I guess Doc got scared of pulling him. I don't know, but again, something needs to be addressed with that. Now that's a definite fact. You know, we all got that saying. Remember that saying. Man, you got one job, man. You got like he got one job. Like just work on your. Like I think about um, and maybe it's the generation of players. I'm thinking about uh uh Isaiah Thomas from Detroit Pistons back in the day when he had tore his ligament in his wrist, and that's because he shot a thousand shots a day. So you just he's just working. He was just working. You understand shooting on the off season. You tear your your ligament. Now you got to get surgery. That's why they can three p. You know what I mean that year. But it's just. You know, you, you work, man. You got to work. You feel what I'm saying? And for you to say that it's me, it's my mental, my man, you, you've been around the game long enough to be in the gym. You understand? Like, I, I've never really understood people that make that excuse. You understand? Along with Doc Rivers. You understand? My man, but you know he ain't working. If you're not working, now have a seat. You know what I mean? Have a seat. I, I don't, I can't stand people who don't work. You have a seat. Go sit down somewhere and, to, and then we find someone who's going to put the work in. Simple. Yeah. Cause not you're not you're not really a starter then you can't because if I can't if I can't count on you I don't even need you in my starting lineup that if, really I don't even need you on my, on my team if I'm paying you all that much money <laughs> like I'll collect these splinters at the end of the bench and big shout out to um my man Seth Curry B I think he I think oh, he yes. 
he, he, I think he hooped his way into a, a contract. Absolutely. You know what I mean? That man put work in. And besides him being Seth Curry, younger brother, Steph Curry, son of Dale Curry, you still, I don't care about the name. You still got to put the work in. And he put the work in. And, and shout out to him, man. Without him, they wouldn't even be in the series, I think. You no, know what I'm saying? You guys think they're not even in the series. You know 1,000% correct, bro. You feel what I'm saying? That, that, he put that work in. So they got to renegotiate or figure it out because that man hooped his way into a bigger contract. Absolutely. Yeah, and and, and somebody who, who need to give their check back, too, is Tobias Harris. Tobias, Tobias Harris, I hate to say it, you know what I'm saying? I, I know he, he he from New York, but the way he played in this series, you being paid to be, if not the second best player, the third best player on his team, and like you said, without Seth Curry, this series would have been over early because Seth and Joel was the only two that, to me, looked like they showed up the ball. Yeah, and, 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 and B was hurt. So I can yeah. like I got I, I got I, listen I give Embiid all all the props in the world because we're used to him going down and staying and staying down, but you know he he fought through that injury and it wasn't a subpar Embiid. It was mm-hmm. thirty and, and, and 11, 30 and twelve damn near every every game of this series. So I got to give Embiid his credit. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, man, they 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 got to move some things around. They got to change something. I I. I was never really big on Tobias Harris, uh, you know. I mean, I, again, I know he's from the town, so we got to try try to show that love and support. But I just wasn't never really big on him anyway. Like I didn't think he was in that caliber of the upper, upper echelon of players in the league. But I mean, if you're gonna say he's he's the third best player on your team, then all right, then that's that's fine. But you know, he was playing like the third best player, but he should he's supposed to be that second scorer. But you know, but he Steph Curry just he, he took over that 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 second scorer role and you know, the rest of those guys, it was just like, you know, what are we doing out here? It's all it's, it's going downhill and that's it. And they and they lost. Shout out to to Atlanta, Trey Young, Collins. Um, you know, those guys step up. Uh Herda, oh my goodness, that that brother and the last the last two games he turned the switch on. Like he did what Joe Harris was supposed to be doing for the Nets. That's what he was doing for the for the Hawks, you know, because um, they lost uh, DeAndre Hunter. He had got he wound up getting hurt, um, but he mm-hmm. but Hunter stepped right in and he was he was big because even in that in that last game, game seven was probably Trey Young's only and I I don't want to say bad game because he still had a, a double double, but in comparison to the, the numbers that he was putting up, that was his his only down game in the series. But but Hunter stepped up and and and, and that's why. You know they they won that game seven because those role players did what they were supposed to do. When guys are out, you step up. So when it's your, when your number is called, you got to go in there and do what you're supposed to do. You can't be afraid of the moment. Like you're in the NBA for a reason. And if you're trying to ascend to that superstar level, and I'm a, I'm a transition like my like my man Devin Booker has has done. You, you got to show and prove in these moments. But let's uh, let's jump over to Phoenix right now, up 1-0 in the Western Conference Finals. I know Kawhi is out, but Chris Paul is also out uh, uh, for for the Sun, so it's it's pretty much evened out uh, the series. But yeah. Devin Booker has arrived. Uh, he's letting it be known that I'm here now, and there's nothing you can do with me. It was a 40 point triple double in Game One, just to let y'all know this ain't this ain't just a, a CP3 thing anymore. We have improved. And we ready to, ready to get to the finals. Yeah. Big shout out to Devin Booker. Big shout out to CP3, who I had number two in my MVP vote. And I had, I had CP3. There's no way you go from a 400 winning percentage last year 
Tua 706, I think it was, they said winning percentage this year. There's no way you don't make the playoffs last year, and now you're number two in the playoffs. So big shout-out to CP3. Um, I'm a little apprehensive of how you even in the COVID protocol with my man um, LVJ had a whole party with Drake and was able to play in his playing game with no protocol, but that's neither here or there. Well, in his um, defense, Chris Paul actually tested positive for, for COVID, though. So he has to. He had to stay out. There was no way. Yeah, I kind of believe that. I kind of. I kind of figured that's what the situation was. Um. Uh. So big shout out to Devin Booker. Like I, I knew Devin Booker was a bucket when they went eight and zero in the bubble last year and didn't make the playoffs. Like he was. He just needed someone else to run the to run the team. You understand? Because that's not his role. He's not somebody that runs the team. He's the person that if you need to a bucket, he's gonna get you a bucket. Yeah. CP three is a person, and and, and they they gave phrases. D book, aka um Devin uh Devin Buckets. I call him Devin Buckets. Um uh, uh DeAndre Aiden, um um campaign, pain or whatever. I, I I believe those guys made they gave uh, CP3 their credit. They said, yo, listen, it's more than what he does in a basketball court. It's off the court what he does. It's his work ethic. It's him talking. It's him communicating. It's him um taking care of his body. Like that stuff right there, it translates. Until 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 your players like I tell a player all the time, anybody I'm talking to with whether it be sports is look at your coach. If your players get rattled, chances are it's because the coach don't have no composure. That's why I'm, that's why Phil Jackson for me was that guy because it's like he's never seemed nervous and his players took on that 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 attribute like that characteristic like we're not getting nervous. You understand and. and and that's what I see. Anybody that get nervous, you see, you see Steve Nash, you were his team there. Based on it, I only take on the characteristics of what you're being taught. You understand? But Devin Booker has arrived. He's been waiting for this moment. He said it too. He said, listen, I've been waiting for this all my life. I had put up a video of uh, a little reel and I used his voiceover talking about um, I waited for this moment. You understand? Or oh, I'm working on the, the the real. I waited for this moment. He's waited for this moment, and this moment has come. And he's not like Ben Simmons, who's going. Not he's going to step up to the plate. You understand? So Devin Booker's that guy. I always been a fan of him in Kentucky. I don't think that is just due in Kentucky because he played with a lot of stars. But now you see what he could be doing and how he's doing it. You understand? So um, I really, I really hope CP3 come back, man, because I, I, I got them. I got them going to the finals. I want them to go to the finals. I want CP to get a ring, even though Milwaukee Bucks is the healthiest team in the league. I, I mean, in the remaining in the playoffs at the moment. Um, uh, and but D Book, he's showing up to play. You know, what I mean, and shout out to Crowder. Crowder, what Crowder? Because if I'm not mistaken, Crowder was on the Heat last year, correct? Yeah. Yep. If Crowder would have been playing how he's playing now, the Heat would have beat the Lakers. I'm not gonna go that far me. with it. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what saying that. I'm only saying that because he didn't. You only had Jimmy Butler was the only one that showed up. If you ask me, well, you know what I mean. Bam showed up. You understand? They just needed one more person. Like now, you got Cam. You got Cam showing up. You got Crowder showing up. You got Aiden showing up. You got D Book showing up. So CP3 don't have to do much with a messed up shoulder. And these are, it wants to and to credit to Shaq, big shout out to Shaquille O'Neal. He always say, in order for you to win championships, you need the others to step up. These are the others that every team need. You understand? Know so D Book has these others showing up and it's making it a lot more easier for him to really get off how he's getting off because it got the respect to go to what Eric was saying. You may you gotta respect everybody else. You understand? If you don't, if they don't respect you, it's like ah, I don't really care too much. And these guys just have to respect it, and D Book is able to go work. 
if let me ask y'all this: if if uh, Phoenix wins the championship this year, where is Chris Paul ranked all time amongst point guards? Uh, I mean, all time, all time, all time, all time. I mean, it's a tough list, especially with the way we view point guards now, because a lot of these guys are more combo guards and traditional point guards. But for me personally, I think Chris Paul is in that top three discussion. I mean, he's he's a winner everywhere he's gone. Yeah. You know, the numbers show that every every organization he's gone to, he's made them better. And a chip would just solidify that um, his standing. Uh, Mike, I, I want to go back to the point you made in, in all fairness to Jay, because I actually like Jay Crowder a lot. Last year, the, the issue with Miami, not to say they was going to beat the Lakers, but remember, Bam went out and Dragic went out in that series. So they wasn't Great. completely healthy. But LeBron didn't tweet about those injuries then. He, he, he <laughs> forgot about them injuries. He didn't talk about that. That was different. But uh, <laughs> I had to throw the jab at you, Trip, because, I, different. you know, but but no, no. Um, But in all fairness, though, I, I have a tremendous amount of respect for everything CP3 and what Monty Williams is doing with that Phoenix team. Because like you said, with the bubble, when they went 8-0, I love what Monty said to the team after. And like you said, you take on the persona of your coach. And he addressed them when they went 8-0 and and they just missed the playing game. He said, look, don't let this define us. This is just one stepping stone to what's greater for us, what we're working towards. And they took on that mindset. And you can see it. Book, to me, at this point, we got to start talking about him as one of the top 10, top 12 players in the league. Because now it's not just regular season stats. Now it's playoff dominance. Like, Mm -hmm. he went into that game against the Lakers. He knew they was wounded. And what he did, he said, I'm I'm in attack mode from, from the tip. I'm going in attack mode. Other stuff. I'm working fast. Right. I'm, I'm not giving y'all a second chance to even get back in this series. I'm going all in. And he was phenomenal in that game. And then yesterday, or oh, two nights ago, I should say, all right, Phoenix, we going, we ain't got CP3, but they ain't got Kawhi. So I'm going all, I'm going right at the Clippers from start. I know they shooting the ball good, but guess what? I'm Devin Book. I'm shooting the ball well as well. So I give him a lot of credit. I think DeAndre Ayton has really grown up too. You know, he's he's a guy that we don't talk about as much because the big man isn't as relevant anymore, but he's been really good in these playoffs. And Cameron Payne has been giving them good minutes. One of the things I thought that was going to hamper them was I didn't think they were deep enough. But the the way Cameron Payne's been playing, the, the minutes they've been getting from uh, Cam Johnson and from Mikel Bridges, it's like, all right, now maybe I do got enough, man. And, and Monty's a really good coach. They're going to be tough. No matter what happens in this series, they're going to be tough because they're playing with a certain level of confidence. They already have a swagger about them that they feel not only they belong, they yeah. feel they're the best team on the court. And they're going to be better moving forward, too, because DeAndre Ayton is probably two seasons away from getting to his prime. So mm-hmm. they're going to continue to improve as DeAndre Ayton gets better um, because I think he can turn into a dominant big man in this league, especially just looking at the way he's 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 he plays both sides of the basketball. Um, and I just think getting that that experience under his belt now, um, on the on the on the deep playoff run that they're on, I think they'll they're gonna be one of those solidified playoff teams for like the next five six years, while and maybe even longer because because again we're talking about two guys that are what under twenty six. Years old, but yeah. between Aiden and, 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 and Devin Booker, and then, um, and then you throw and you throw Mikel Bridges on there, who's twenty five. Like I said, they they got yeah. a really good young nucleus of guys. Yep. So yeah. they, I think they can they can be good for for a, a long time. Um, and again, CP three, I think he's he's one. He he definitely jumps up the the all time list if if he wins the championship because a lot of times we hold 
a guy not having a ring against him and it, and will push him down a lot on the list because he don't he he doesn't have that ring, and then Chris Paul doesn't have MVP. So if he can get if he can get the ring, I think a lot of guys will start looking at Chris Paul a little bit different because now it's like, all right, well he got the ring, um, he's consistent every year. He is he is a winner, like you said. Wherever he's going, he he has he he knows how to win games, and he just found his niche in Phoenix, you know. So yeah. hopefully, and they respect him to be that guy. You understand? Like they they respect him. Like they don't want him to be the Booker. They don't want him to be the, that guy that's going to get him a bucket. But they expect him to be. They respect him to be that guy. Like yo, you know what? We respect what you bring to the table. Give us everything that you got, and he's willing to teach. Like that's another thing. He's willing to be like, you know what? Everything that you need to learn, I'm gonna teach you. You understand? I'm not gonna hold back. I'm gonna give you everything you need to learn. And there's a lot of players that don't do that. You understand? And and, and that's the sucky ducky part. But uh, he's doing that, man. And big shout out to CP3. I'm a fan, man. I'm a I'm a I always been a fan since Wake Wake Forest. So I've been a fan since since CP3, and I want him to really want him to get one. You understand? He don't need five. He just need one in my book. He get one. He gonna be alright with me. If he don't get it, he's still alright with me because he's such a great leader. He's still, he's still a Hall of Famer, you know, oh, yeah. with, with or without a championship ring. But you know, for for those for those voters that that might want to hold it against him, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because he doesn't have one. At least if he can get one this year, that'll mm-hmm. really help him solidify his legacy. Yeah, uh, both of you guys have the Suns winning this series. Yeah, but especially if Kawhi is not is not coming back. You know, yeah, if um, Kawhi don't come back, I don't think I got the signs. If Kawhi come back, I got the Clippers. Because we, I mean, because because if Kawhi don't come back, we really talking about a big three versus Paul George. Yeah. So I just I, I don't I, I don't I, see that that matchup going going any differently than it did in Game One. And then Chris yeah, Paul comes. I really back. wish both teams were healthy. I wish both teams were healthy because I think it's a really good matchup. <laughs> yes. I, I like both coaches a lot. I'm a big fan of Ty Lue because Ty Lue always makes really good adjustments in series adjustments. I'm holding out hope for the Clippers to get that to get that opportunity, but I think you you guys might be right, man. If Kawhi doesn't play, that's a lot to ask PG to take on the load um, against this Phoenix team that that just has a lot of talent. Yeah, and, and where are they going to be if Kawhi comes back? Because I, I don't think Kawhi's coming. If he if he comes back, I doubt it'd be before Game Four. So from from what I've heard from what I've heard, so the the injury from what I heard is a hyperextension. And so that's why they haven't ruled him out for the playoffs because they're holding out hope that he can come back, like you said, for game three or game four um, back when they're in L.A. But even still with the hyperextension, you got to wonder, like, what type of explosion and, and burst is he going to have? You know, is he going to trust the knee or is he going to be a little timid? Um, but same thing could go for CP3 because coming back from COVID, every athlete handles it differently. You know, some guys yeah. come back and it looks like they never left. And then other guys, it takes them a little while to get their conditioning back because they haven't been able to work out while they deal with the symptoms. That was so it'll be interesting either way. From, from from COVID, he never he right. never got that got that energy. It wasn't his conditioning wasn't never the same from throughout the playoffs. You could tell he was completely different. Hopefully, you know Chris Paul is different, but you know again, Chris Paul is is, is also someone who's been somewhat injury prone as well. So. I don't know how this is going to affect his health moving forward because he's going to have to play a little bit differently if his condition is not up to par, which could lead to something else happening. So, you know, we got to wait and see. I hope it doesn't. Like, I really hope that Chris Paul stays healthy because I think he deserves this opportunity to play for a championship. And I think this may be the best chance that he's going to have. Um, I don't know if next year they'll be able to to get back because if everybody's – 
healthy in the Western Conference, then it's going to be a lot harder. The gauntlet with a healthy Western Conference is a lot harder than when you got AD out and you got uh, Clay Thomas is out out for the year, and now you're going to go up against a Clippers team without Kawhi for for possibly half, but maybe even this whole series. You know what I mean? So this is this is CP3. I'm gonna give CP3 a call tonight and see what's up. Baby. We gotta figure this out. I mean, <laughs> listen, yeah, sto- storyline wise, it makes sense. It is lining up for him to get that storybook ending. And not to say this is the end of his career, but just that moment. You know what yeah. I'm saying? But I would hate for his play to be hampered by COVID because, you know, the biggest what if in his career is that series a couple years ago against Golden State when it was up 3-2 and he gets injured in game five. Because no matter what side you, no matter what team you thought was going to win that series, it's it's always going to be that cloud that hangs over it. Like yo, but they was up three two, and if, mm-hmm. if Paul stays healthy, maybe they they knock off KD and the Warriors. You know what I'm saying? And so I would hate for them for the work they've put in to get to this point, and then you know COVID strikes, and now it's like oh he misses three games, and then when he comes back, he ain't the same now because the conditioning is off. So I I hope he gets back on the court as quickly as possible. Fortunately yeah. for them, they 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 got a man out there that that Mike Lowry calls with D buckets. That that's what you call him, D buckets. That I think he he'll be, he he should be able to hold it down and carry the load the way he did. Now I don't know if he's gonna get another forty point triple double in game two, but you know I I think when was the last time Booker scored less than twenty eight? In, in, in one of these playoff games I can, like I feel like he's averaging like 30 plus in, in, in the series so he, <laughs> I, even if he scored less than 28 it wasn't because he didn't shoot the ball well it probably was yeah. like an efficient 26 points yeah, but they yeah. was up big so it was like yo let's chill let's chill a little bit but yeah. I, I gotta ask though then you know um, you guys think Phoenix like I said I'm holding out hope for the Clippers to win this series the Clippers were my pick before it started but who's coming out the East then Cause we got two surprise teams in the East. I don't think anybody had this matchup in the East. Not at all. Not at all. Say, I definitely didn't have the Hawks there. I'm gonna have. I got. I got Milwaukee coming out. And the only reason why I got Milwaukee coming out is because they they are the healthiest team remaining completely. You understand? You got um, Hunter. That hurts them a little bit. Yes, hurt have been working, but it would hurt him. Still gonna be this guy throughout the whole playoff series. Like we don't know. You understand? So Hunter does hurt. Um, losing losing Hunter does hurt the Hawks. Um, I do think Trey Young is going to be efficient. He probably won't be a thirty or forty point scorer, but you understand he'll be he'll pick up timely buckets like that three he hit versus Philly. That was a timely bucket, even though he had went like maybe like two for twelve or something like that. You understand? So you know it was a timely bucket. So he's going to do that. Trey's going to be Trey, but um, I have Milwaukee coming out because it's going to be kind of difficult for to guard Middleton. What I love about Middleton is not so much his three point, but his mid range is lethal. Um, and I think I think uh, on I believe the last going towards the last two three minutes of the game, uh, Giannis had hit like seven for nine for free throw. So it's like he starts to get his confidence. He remind me of Shaq. Like you foul Shaq, he have a bad game, but when it need to count, he gonna make it happen. And, and he's shooting with confidence in that. So I got I got Milwaukee coming out. I would I would love for that series to go six or seven, only because it's two young teams battling. Um, but I got Milwaukee coming out. I got I got Milwaukee too. But to be honest with you, I don't see it going past six. And and and, and I think Milwaukee could even end this thing in in five. This is a whole different team that the, the that Atlanta's playing. Like I, you know, 
because there's not going to be an issue where you got the, the second best player on the team not ready to shoot in that moment, not trying to do anything. You know, right. you're going to have to stop Giannis. You're going to have to stop Chris Middleton. They, those, those guys are coming coming, coming to play basketball. There's not going to be no easy easy way to get around them. I, I don't think they have any type of an answer for Giannis. And to be honest, I don't I don't think they have an answer for Chris Middleton. I don't think this this thing is going seven games. Like I said, maybe maybe six. But I just think this thing is going to be over. I think we're gonna finally see what like what really should have been going on. Like you know, like nobody expected the Hawks to go this far. But I think this is going to be like the reality check. Like okay, maybe these guys weren't supposed to be here. They had their little Cinderella run. But now it's like you know what this thing is over with, and I think that's it's going to be one, two, three. Yeah, I mean, I agree from the standpoint of the Hawks don't have an answer for Giannis. They really don't have anybody for Middleton. Um, obviously, DeAndre Hunts is out. Bogdanovich, we got to see how the knee works. But it's not about this kid Trey, man. And I look at how Milwaukee struggled offensively against the Nets. And at times how the Nets struggled, obviously, because they were they weren't healthy. I mean, the Nets had a game where they scored 83 points and yet only lost by three points to Milwaukee. Atlanta don't have the issues. Atlanta could score. And I'm picking Atlanta in the upset. And I think they're gonna win it in six games. Mm. They got they got the one player who carries himself as he, as if he's the best player on the court. Trey Young, he was not intimidated by playing in New York. He was not intimidated by playing in Philly. He was not intimidated by the fact that Joel Embiid was the, the second or the runner-up, I should say, for MVP. Trey Young carried it as if I'm the best player on this court. And until y'all could do something with me, we're gonna win this series. And they still got a lot of shooting. Um, I also think Nate McMillan is a far better coach than Coach Bud. Nate McMillan, the, the in-game adjustments and the things they get from their bench. Um, and I know this is going to kill Doc Rivers to not only hear that his former team advanced, but some of his former players. Because when you look at Gallinari and Lou Will, they look completely different now in Atlanta. They balling in Atlanta right now. Yeah. So what they can get from their bench and what they can get from Trey Collins, who I think is earning himself. He's another guy who's going to earn a big check because Collins has played very well in these playoffs. Again, they don't have one guy to throw at Giannis. They don't have that one guy. But mm. I think their mindset may be, look, they're going to struggle to get to 100 points because their offense is so choppy and they so up and down. They're going to struggle. But we can knock down the three ball. Trey Young's going to live at the free throw line because I think this is a handful for Drew Holiday to handle in a series. I got Atlanta in the upset in six. I think Nate McMillan is going to get these boys to the finals. One one stat I do want to throw at you guys, or one, one caveat I want to include here is Nate McMillan took over midway through the season. He's the fourth coach ever to take over midway through a season and then take a team to the conference finals. The last three head coaches who did it, Pat Riley did it twice. Ty Lue did it once. All those previous three teams actually went to the finals with a coach who took over midseason. I think Nate McMillan is the fourth coach to ever do it. Eric, I like I like everything that you said. There's just one thing that that bothered me, and I gotta point this out, brother. Ain't nobody intimidated about going to New York to to, to play. Nobody intimidated. Actually, they actually relish those moments to come. I, to no, the no, court. I didn't say I didn't say intimidated. <laughs> I said he handled it. He handled it. I'm gonna say he this. Handled, I'm gonna say everybody this. does. <laughs> everybody I, does. I, I ain't gonna hold you. You the you the sports guru, so you got me thinking now because <laughs> <laughs> I'm not mad at that at that pick and how you broke that down. You understand? Um, 
I do think Nate McMillan is a, is a is a better coach than Bud. That's like I think I have posted it and you have responded to um to it. He was when I said um Quinn Schneider, don't even come back to the facility. We're gonna Amazon Prime all your stuff because you got to get fired. Ain't no way you give up a twenty five point lead and lose. You understand? But uh. You 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 make some good points and Nate McMillan, I, I, he is a he is a phenomenal coach. Um, um, that he does a lot of in game adjustments. But different between Tyloo, a lot of people get mad with Tyloo because they be like, oh, he's not a good coach. Tyloo make in series adjustments, so he may not make them in game, but he make them game to game. Like if we lose today, he gonna make the adjustments so he won't lose tomorrow type of game. But Nate McMillan make a lot of in game adjustments where he's like, you know, we don't we not losing this game. Let's figure it out right now. So yeah, that, he makes some good points, and, and I won't be surprised. I'm not mad with either pick. You understand? Whoever goes to the, from the from the East, I'm happy with. You understand? Because these these are teams that work hard. That's another thing. I can't stand teams that just lack a days and get there because they think they're entitled to get there. And I like the teams that work hard. Trey Young's that he's like that. He's really like that. Trey Young is a baller. You understand? Yeah. And, and Nate McMillan got them boys booping. You understand? So uh, uh, either yeah. or, man, I, I, I'm satisfied with that. Let me just say this Listen, one I last see. thing, really quick. I just want to say I, I, I gotta just point this thing out, um, which I'm very happy about. Is that three out of the four head coaches remaining are all black coaches? So I just want to point that out. I'm I'm very happy about that. Oh yeah, absolutely. We got to salute them for that. And like I said, in terms of Nate, you know, obviously he beat my Knicks in the first round. The way we played them in the regular season and the adjustments he made to take away Randall in the playoffs. Randall was averaging 30 points a game against them in the regular season. And they completely frustrated Randall in the playoffs. He outcoached Thibodeau, who was the coach of the year. Mm-hmm. And then he goes up against Doc Rivers, an experienced head coach. And he outcoached him. And so I don't think Coach, I don't think coach Bud is anywhere in the caliber of Thibodeau and Doc Rivers. No. And so I don't, that's, that's what I'm saying. I don't think Coach Bud is going to make the, the in-game or in-series adjustments where it's going to be like, all right, they doing this, we're going to respond with that. I think Nate McMillan wins that battle. The real question, like like we highlighted already, was all right. The Hawks got some injuries. How can they slow down Giannis and Middleton? How can they how can they get possession after possession stops? But I I think the kid Trey is special, man. I oh, I is. really think I I think he's shown something in these playoffs. We talk a lot about some of these young guys who have excelled in their first playoff. Devin Booker first playoff, he's going off. DeAndre Ayton, you know, we make it. We make a lot of noise about Luca. Trey Young was in that that draft with Luca. He's already had more playoff success than Luka Doncic. And I love Luka. Yeah. But the things that the things that Trey is doing and the way he's controlling the game, his poise for a, a third-year guard in the league, and as much as they put the ball in his hands, and he already knows, if I, when I come off this screen, if you don't play it right, there's an easy floater. And yeah. if you do play it too aggressive, oh, this is a lot for Capella or Collins. He has wow. such a feel for the game that I, I, I really could see him ca- uh, controlling this series because he carries himself as if he's the best player on the court all the time. Yeah, and you know, just go back to that because you because you mentioned Luca. You know that that draft day trade, uh, you know, people were talking about you know Luca and how great he was, but you got to give give Trey Young his props. I don't think nobody lost on that trade. I think they both came away with a bona fide superstar. And like you said, Trey Young has 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 gone further than what Luca's done in in, in the playoffs. So you know, you got you got to shout out Ice Trey for that, man. Facts, facts. Definitely, definitely. I know, yeah. I, I know we can't be on much longer, but but um, I feel for for D Mitchell, man. Donovan Mitchell, he had that. He had he had it. 
he even said it. He said, I, I still can't believe it. You understand? I wish I wish they would have gave him a fighting chance. You understand? But that's Quinn Schneider not making no in-game adjustments. You understand? I think I think they should have went. There was a, I think the, the numbers is, and correct me if I'm wrong, E, I know you probably have the stats up. <laughs> um, uh, they was plus 12 with, with, uh, with Rudy on the court. court. Rudy on Rudy off the court and negative twelve for Rudy on the court and they lost by like twelve. You understand? So and, and that's I your three times defensive small. player of the year too. Yeah, like I think you should have went small. You understand? Because you got shooters, you got you got guys that are knocked down, man. And I feel for D Mitchell, but uh, you know what I mean. D Mitchell already declined that 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 New York that um Team USA invite because he ready to work on his game. Stuff like that make me make me a fan. You understand? Like yeah. he ready to work on his game. He, he trying to rehab that ankle and work on his game because he's like, nah, I just don't want to be a good player. I want to be a great player. You understand? So yeah. you know what I mean. Shout out to D Mitchell. Hopefully they come back and. and you know what I mean? Something be a little a tad bit more different. Oh, and real quick, wanna shout out, wanna shout out um Teresa Weatherspoon, um, yes. Dawn Staley, um, these ladies that's getting um Becky Hammond, these ladies that's getting the opportunity, you know what I mean, to be finalists and just interviews for head coach position. That's, I think that's dope. Yeah. Shout out to shout, especially especially uh Teaspoon, cause that's 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 a former uh, real fans, real talk guest. As a matter of fact, at the Rucker, she came on the show at, at the Rucker. So I, I really hope I hope that she gets it. But any one of those those those, those uh, ladies would be great for the job. Um Becky Hammond, she, she won the summer league uh tournament was two seasons ago. She she coached the team and won the summer league tournament. So they they are definitely more than qualified. And I'm 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 for Having having the 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 first uh, woman head coach in this upcoming season. So if one of them can get the job, I, I would be all for that. Um, and just really quick to go back to what you were saying, um, Mike, is coaching is what is what separated. Not making those adjustments and not saying, well, Gobert is is somewhat neutralized in this series. Maybe we do need to go another way. And I say that because if you go back to to last year. The Lakers in, in 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 the playoffs, we saw we saw a lot of Dwight Howard and Javel uh, McGee against Denver. But when we got to the next round, when when, when they were up against Miami, you didn't see them as much because they they were kind of neutralized. So you can't yeah. be afraid to say, "Listen, I know I know this guy is. We're paying him two hundred plus million a year. He's he's our number two on the team, but." In this series, he's not what we need on the floor, and you got to be willing to make those tough coaching decisions. Maybe he'll learn from that moving moving forward. But you know, right now, Donovan Mitchell got to be on vacation with the rest of us. Listen, man, it's it's a simple fix, man. It's a simple fix, right? Uh, come to New York because Donovan Mitchell's a New York guy, and uh, he he he's cool with Leon Rose and them. Uh, I think Leon worked for the Knicks, right? Leon worked. He worked for the Knicks, right? Yeah, so just call Leon. Yeah, yeah, call Leon and, um, you know, we got some picks and some guys we could throw over there and just bring you back home and just get you in the comfort zone, you know? Listen. You know what I mean? Or Dame. And listen, Dame Lillian, if you ain't doing nothing, we'll take you too. Yeah. Stop playing with me. I ain't even going to go there. Yeah. Y'all, y'all got me, man. Don't get me in my bag, B, because hey. I just call everybody. We want everybody to come to New York. Come on. But listen, this, this is look. the best chance that the Knicks got to get a, a superstar to come in. Right now, because of, hey. of how well they played this season and how they su- way far surpassed expectations, this is the best t- time and the best chance they're going to have ever to get a big-name free agent to come here. 
Listen, that's why coaching matters. You you have a good coach who brings in a system and then guys around the league recognizing and be like, yo, you know what? I, I see what they're doing over there. I might want to rock over there. But, you know, we, we'll love for that to happen, but we'll let it play out, man. What, what else we got on the agenda tonight, though, Trip? Oh, man, we let, let's let's get let's get into a, a little bit of uh, a football. Um, actually, and I'm, we're going to add this into the rundown is actually a story that just dropped to uh Literally just dropped today um, with uh, Nasib from the uh, defensive end from the Raiders who actually used his social media platform to to come out as being gay. He is the uh, only active, uh, open, heter- uh, homosexual uh, player in the NFL right now. Um, he's actually in his peak years in the NFL as well. I know we had the, the Michael Sam situation a couple of years ago, but he... He wasn't really in the league. We're talking about somebody who's been playing in the league for a few years now and is a really good football player in the NFL currently, which makes a huge difference um, as far as being able to stick around in the league now. Like, I really I want to see, you know, how this this whole thing plays out, if, if anything's going to come, because it was it was really tough for Michael Stam. To uh to to stick around and and he was somebody who ca- who came out of the SEC and was a uh, defensive player of the year coming out of college in the SEC but you know but the the NFL wasn't ready for it at that time I don't know if they're if they're completely ready for it right now we're gonna kind of have to play a, a wait and see uh, approach but you know shout out to that man for 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 telling his truth living in his truth and not being afraid of that um he had said he he had been toying with the uh, with the decision to come out for for some time now, so you know what? Shout out to him for for speaking his truth. Yeah, absolutely. I, I applaud I applaud his, his courage. Um, as you mentioned, he is a productive player on the field. He's not just some bench guy who like looking for attention. And he said to himself, he said, "Look, I you know I'm not doing this for anything other than to live my truth and to help encourage others to live theirs as well." Uh, he also made a a large donation towards suicide prevention for the LGBT community. So shout out to him, man. You know, like I said, it takes a lot of courage, um, but I'm sure this is some sort of discussion he had with not only his family, but with some of his teammates. And he probably felt like, look, the support is good. And why not now? Let me just, you know, live my truth and encourage others to do the same. Definitely. You know what I mean? Big shout out to him for coming out. I really don't even, I, don't, I, I normally don't talk about the topic of, of the, uh, LTBQ or whatever, but uh, shout out to him. Uh, I'll let you know right now the NFL is not ready for it, but they won't say it um, because there's so much controversy if you do go against it. But um, shout out to him. You feel what I'm saying? That's the life you want to live. That's the life you choose. Shout out to him. You know what I mean? I prayerfully that, you know what I mean? He doesn't get penalized for living his life and living his truth and get to live and get to do what he loves to do, and that's play the game of football. And and that's the thing with this situation, again, because the there's a huge difference between him being an established, uh, you know, certified starter in, in this league and already being a proven uh, player. Whereas with Michael Sam, he was just coming in. He never he he came out before he even stepped on the field for a, for a pro game. So if, if they're not ready for it, then and you in and, and something like that, like even his, his draft stock was hurt by that. Here we have a situation where this is a player who was already established in the NFL. Um, so it's going to be, it's, it's going to be interesting to see, um, what the NFL does, you know, moving forward, not the, the league as a whole, but just the, the, the players and everybody around the league, obviously you don't want that type of backlash like you, like you mentioned. So nobody's going to, 
gonna come out and be, or I would hope anyway, nobody's gonna come out and be like, nah, I'm not messing with that, whatever. You know, I, you would hope just because you know it's gonna be a whole lot of backlash. Some, some sponsors might back out. A whole bunch of things can come come along with that. So we gotta wait and see because I, I want to see. You know, I w- would like to know what's the what's the locker room talk gonna be. What's the the trash talk gonna be? Uh, you know, on, on the field, it's a different thing. We got we got to see. But you know, again, we'll, we'll we'll see how it goes during the season. Again, we're still in the off season, so we still got got a little while before we even get back to to football. Yeah. So we'll we'll see. The other thing is this uh, vaccination stuff in the NFL. Um, I, I personally, I was I was against vaccines at first, uh, or the, at least this particular one. But you know. Having a couple of close calls, I just said, you know what, let me go ahead and, and do this thing. Um, but, you know, to each his own. You got a couple of football players, you know, one being uh, Cole Beasley, wide receiver from the Bills, who has kind of stuck to his stance in regards to the vaccine um, and, and, and whether or not he was going to take it. And then you got guys like uh, Travis Kelsey who are pushing for guys to take the vaccine. Um, and then on the flip side of that, you got stadiums that – are not allowing fans into stadiums if they aren't vaccinated. Because I know that was one of the things with the Nets for the second round of the playoffs. They said you, you had to be vaccinated in order to go to one of those playoff games. So mm-hmm. this, I mean, this this the issue ain't going away no no time soon because the the we're still dealing with the effects of the coronavirus. And of course, again, we literally just the other day had Chris Paul test positive for COVID. So this thing ain't going nowhere anytime soon. Um, but as as far as the vaccination debate goes, you know, I mean, it's just it's it, honestly it's just a personal choice whether or not you're gonna get it. And what, the thing that sucks is it's not like if you take the vaccine, you are exempt from getting COVID again. You could still actually get COVID. You could still transfer COVID. So I can understand this thing from both sides of the coin. Definitely, you know, what I mean, what you said to each his own. You found know saying um, it's a it's a lot. I just seen something today that talked about the immune system and talked about the vaccination and all that other stuff. And it's just a lot, man. Um, to each his own, anybody that want to take it, God bless. If you don't, God bless. Um, I'm just a strong, my faith level is just a bit different. Um, I believe that if God kept me this far, he ain't going to leave me now. So that's just me. Um, I do plan on, the only reason why I'm considering taking it is because um, I'm planning on traveling. You know, my, me and my Mike Larry Entertainment brand, I have to travel a lot. So um, I was supposed to, I went to Israel before everything happened out there in Israel. Um, and one of the things that they was requiring with was the COVID vaccine. And I was like, well, if, I'm not sure if I want to take it. So I was willing to lose out on that, that opportunity. But, um, uh, you know, it's a lot. You feel what I'm saying? I'm still toiling and thinking about it. But, you know, to each his own, I hope, I hope if you do decide to take it, you understand it's something that you discuss with your family and not because you're scared. You can't live life scared anyway. You know what I mean? Don't be a Ben Simmons. You feel what I'm saying? Don't live life scared. Like, that's what I'm living on. Don't live life scared. You feel what I'm saying? Take the shot, whether it's the vaccination shot or your shot and living life without it. So take your shot. You know, leave it at that. That's a fact. Nah, that's a fact. Um, I'll say this because I'm not big on the vaccine. I have not taken it. Um, I don't. You know, I anticipate anyone in my family taking it, though. I know um, it may be a requirement before my daughter, my daughter starts school next year. So that's something that, you know, my family and I have to speak about. But um, Cole Beasley's issue on this, and he's right. I, I agree with him. And he's more frustrated because of the restrictions that the NFL is trying to put on players who don't get vaccinated um, in terms of how you're supposed to move around the facility, how you're supposed to operate on your off days. 
Um, there's even he's really mad at the the players association because it's like if you haven't been vaccinated, you you kind of have to sign up to use the the weight room. Whereas if you've been vaccinated, you have access whenever you want. So that's more of his issue with it. But he's right though because a lot of these leagues are very hypocritical in this stance. You know, like you you having us travel from state to state, you having us around all these other people that we don't know if they're vaccinated, but then you want to put certain guidelines and restrictions on us and how we're supposed to live our life. So I com- I completely understand where he's coming from, but to Mike's point, you know, to each his own, man. If, if you want to take it, go ahead. If you don't, don't. I just think that the league should be a little more lenient and understanding that you can't try to control players' day-to-day life and then try to kind of push them in that direction of getting a vaccine if that's not what they really want. Yeah. Now, I will say this, though. Travel would definitely, if I was on the fence still about the vaccine, traveling out of the country would definitely push me on the I better get vaccinated side. And and it's more so because I don't trust the 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 the, the medical systems and all these depending on where you where you're going. Everybody not might be as good as the United States is. And and again, we were were probably hit crazy off guard with the virus. Fortunately, you know what I'm saying? I mean, and, and again, we lost a lot of lives because of COVID, but fortunately the United States is equipped to deal with a with the with a lot of things. Depending on where you go, they might not have that same type of medical structure where you can get the type of help you need if if you wind up somewhere around the world and you get sick because because of COVID. So that would definitely push me over the over the top to, to get the vaccine if I was leaving the United States for for whatever reason. Um, but listen, we got we, we got to get up out of here. Lastly, though, let me just shout out uh, my main man Tom Too Cool and Patrick Mahomes. They will be on the cover together of this year's Madden. Uh, y'all, y'all know me, Eric, a big Madden Madden guy. So I'm actually looking forward to to getting the new the new game once that comes out. Um, let me shout out the sponsors too. Big shout out to Kmart. Uh, the Rosado Firm, Petro Home Services, and of course, Soundview Liquors. We appreciate you guys as always. Make sure that you guys are following us on all our social media uh, Twitter, Instagram, at Real Fan Talk, Facebook.com forward slash Real Fans Real Talk. Subscribe to that YouTube channel, YouTube.com forward slash For the Fans Productions. And do not worry if you are not in New York City on Thursday nights from 8 to 9 p.m. and you can't watch us on Verizon 43, you can hit right up to go right to the website, realfansrealtalk.com, and you can watch live from anywhere in the world. Oh, and make sure you subscribe to the podcast too, The Sanchez Show, Real Fans Real Talk. And, and, I, and I say this every week if y'all want to get grown and sexy with us, subscribe to the, the, the Shooting the Shit podcast as well. They're all on all major streaming platforms. And uh, Mike, Mike Larry, really quick before we get out of here, I'm gonna let you you close us out with a final thought, man. Um, um final thought first and foremost, uh, be on the lookout for Mike Mike Tup or Mike Larry. That'll be a podcast that I'm gonna be starting real soon. Um, so I definitely gotta get that two on there. Um, uh, make sure y'all follow me on all social media outlets at I am underscore Mike Larry M I C L A W R Y. Um, final thought: I just want to say, uh, keep God first on everything that you do. Hashtag stay humble. Um, keep God first, and He'll take you to the top. Uh, thanks again, for real fans, real talk, legend of two games. Um, appreciate y'all for having me. Um, everybody, take care. Be safe out there, man. It, it's still a pandemic world that we're living in, so you know what I mean. Be safe and and hope y'all hope much much success to y'all. Yes, sir. I'm gonna pull up on you at the record soon, man. I'm gonna get back out there. Please do. Yes, sir. Please do. Please do. We need Monday through Thursday, baby. LES open the day this Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So uh, either or, you know. We gotta get downtown, Eric, because we ain't been downtown yet. We we might hold on. You you there Thursday? Um, I'm at I'm at Rucker Thursday, and I'm at LES Express on Friday. We we might pull up one of them days. We gonna we gonna talk about it all fair, but we might pull up one of them days. All right. 
I bet say that. Bet, bet, bet. All right, man. So listen for myself, Trip Young, my brother, Legend in Two Games, and of course the Legend, the man. This I, I think he 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 the best person on the microphone at at, at Rucker. But that, that's my personal opinion. Y'all vote how y'all want to vote. I go with we're, Mike. We're Larry. a little biased over We're a little biased. We are. We're a little biased over here. <laughs> but uh, with that being said, man, we up out of here. Peace. Peace out. Recording stop. Smush Parker here, formerly up to the Los Angeles Lakers, and you are now tuned in to Real Fans Real Talk.